friend of mine by the brand Adam Dickens DV8. He's just recently released his Fear of Learning um, EP on our label. Um, so yeah, I'm going to invite him over. We'll have a chat um, and see how it goes with. Let's uh, invite him over. Drop him in the uh, in the comments, and we'll uh, try and comment. We'll try and uh, answer them. But they are a bit very difficult. Hello, mate. Hey, mate. You all right? How's it going? Not too bad. Bit of a crazy one today. So. <laughs> I know. Yeah. How's the horse setting going? Tell me about it. Oh well, we all started sort of like on the Monday, and only I think twenty quid I put in, and like maybe ten pound on another account. So like it's been plodding along, you know, like four pound up. And then today, um, so my flatmate, I think he got 600 today, <laughs> something like that. My other mate, like a couple hundred, the other mate, and it was all just like booking the same like horses. So it was just like, it got to the last race at like 10 to 5 and was both on for about like 600 quid between us. <laughs> and the horse was last, literally last, it was like, and it's the favourite to win, and it literally just stormed. It was just going, going, going. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, you, suppose, were you all watching it with each other? Yeah, well, we have it like the projector in our flat, so um, we've had it on all week. So it's supposed to be in uni work, but it's on that. Yeah, pretty much. But that is me. No, apart from that, it's been a week since releasing it. Well, or give or take. So yeah, so. no, near a week since the release. Just goes show like time just goes crazy and just flies. <laughs> it flies by. Um, so yeah, we'll get further into the release into a bit. Um, so do you want to start with how it all started for you with the probably the music career and, and so yeah, just start from the very beginning, probably where you fell, fell in love with it. Because when I was scrolling through your Instagram, it has been a good few years of partying. I can see. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. To be fair, um, so when I was like. I looked on Facebook on my old account because I like um I just went on it by whatever and I think when I was like twelve or thirteen there's a photo of me in like the studio at school. Uh, <laughs> so basically, like my friend's dad was a music teacher, so he put me in the back room like with a few of my friends and we got to go on the max like and all in like there's a studio, so like up until then I'd not really been exposed to music much apart from my dad because like he's massively into it he's still stuck in the 80s pretty much um so yeah. like I got a lot of influence from that and sort of like I think the first festival I went to is actually like V-Fest <laughs> and I yeah. think it was 17 there or 18 maybe um but it was just so weird like just just crazy you go in there and like you've seen people like example and stuff so it's not really exposure to like the dj world um i remember we tried to get in see dj ez and that was just packed which i wish yeah. i went for that to be fair just for the fact it, that it opens your eyes up doesn't it i remember when i yeah arc life and i come home and i was crying going i didn't want to i don't want to leave yeah probably more anything but <laughs> yeah it's just like it's so hard to take that in because progressively as you see, like, what I've done throughout the years, you sort of, like, I mean, we went to Glastonbury in 2019 and I thought, like, we'd never top that and then go to Berlin, like, the following, like, winter and summer and then, again, you're just mind-blown. Um, but back to it, anyway, probably, like, 18, I think we went to a place called Magna, which is Fear Fest in Sheffield. So, like, that's when you've got, like, your, your DJs, but it's more sort of, like, baseline. So... 
we probably had yeah. like a bit of a, a stint, like probably 18 to like 19, 20 going to like baseline raids all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for my 19th birthday, we went to Patrick Toppin and ooh, Richie Ahmed back to back. I think for like, anyway, it was like them for five hours in Sheffield. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was, that was one of the moments where, you know, you just sort of like, went in the smoking area at one point and had like Kevin and Perry on my sofas. And I was just like, you know, this is like the best <laughs> night of life. <laughs> yeah. And since then it was sort of like, it went away from baseline and like drum and bass. Cause I went to say like a festival in Amsterdam for drum and bass. And like, don't get me wrong. It's, it's really good, but it's, you know, you're hearing a lot of the same music. So it can be a bit draining and some people carry on with it, but the direction went more, so obviously we've seen Patrick Toppin. Um and then I wanna say maybe like a few months later it was uh Detlef and Lapnam back to back in one room. Um and then there was mm-hmm. Scream Eats Everything and another massive name that I've just missed. And again it was like two rooms just packed out, so I was gradually growing more and more like exposed to, you know, like rave music. And I think that summer I brought some decks, but, you know, like, when you're really naive when you buy equipment, like, when you first start, because you don't have a clue what you're looking at, like, I brought um, a controller without, like, an audio interface in, so I couldn't (laughs) use no monitor speakers, and I'm literally DJing out of the master in headphones, so I can't, (laughs) it's either master or it's like, you can't cue anything, so I sold them, and... Then I moved to uni in 2019, um, 2017. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and basically, I did the same thing again, and I brought some decks, Newmark this time. Um, didn't have an audio interface in. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I basically started DJing um, at Pirate Studios, pretty much. Yeah. Um, which it's probably really good, you know, to learn sort of like that equipment so early on. But at the same time, it like, I think the first session I probably turned up just with a USB with a load of tracks dragged onto it. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. know, like that doesn't really work with CDJs. <laughs> um, so it, I mean, it, it's sort of like, it's been a sort of four journeys and that, well, four, because I sort of like, I've stopped and started for over the four years, if you know what I mean. Like, I yeah. tend to find like, I was playing, you can listen to some of my mixes from four years ago, and it's like really horrible, like tech house. Like, <laughs> and obviously, I started <laughs> off with the bass line. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, I say my friend Tommy was working as like a promoter at a club in Sheffield in probably like October of the first year of uni. So like a month in basically. And he asked me to DJ at this event. Um, so like I'd only been DJing probably like a few months, but I just went for it. And it was so weird though. Cause the first night, like we went to play at this club and I took my laptop, like <laughs> <laughs> my MacBook like cables going into the mixer and everything because obviously I'd been to like pirate studios previously and like my USB had failed so many times and I was just like pure paranoid. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm in this club, like playing out this laptop 
and it weren't even like you know record box it was like virtual dj or something <laughs> <laughs> and it honestly it makes me cringe so hard thinking about it but it you know there, we have these like moments in djing where you know i feel sick at some of the stuff i've done like it's crazy um <laughs> you stop saying that because the guy just comes in me and joe joe me and joe started orange and i remember the first few house parties we did we used to just get a one controller and we'd get one big fuck off speaker on a stand we just pub it in the corner of the room and we just play it we'd be downloading tracks off youtube and while while we're djing go fucking yeah. play it <laughs> And you'd be playing like for twelve hours just in the little yeah the the funny then moments, but you look back and you do cringe. Yeah, I mean, from then on it was sort of crazy because so within a year I'd played at the O2 Academy in Sheffield in the main room. Um, so how did you get that? It's weird because like basically I, you know how you when you first start you know you pinging stuff out to everyone like in the city mm -hmm. like everywhere. And they messaged me back and asked me to sort of be like a brand ambassador for the, you know, like a student ambassador because their demographic was, you know, like older students and like sort of like young, mature adults. So um, just trying to think, I think first we did, first off I went and they booked Tom Trago and I was sort of just like, you know, loitering around, seeing, like, what the crack is. Because when you're new to it, you don't really know, like, being backstage and stuff, you don't understand what happens and, like, the atmosphere, if you know what I mean. It's like you see the DJ, but, like, behind that DJ in a room is, like, you know, like, 20 people, and it's just chaos. It's like someone's headphones are broke, someone's, like, late. And so that was, like, a good insight. But then they asked me to sort of, like, sell tickets. Um... For Cirque du Soleil. Mm -hmm. um, so, sold like a load of tickets and I was playing anyway, so they weren't pressured to sort of play. But we were supposed to be hosting like the Room 2 all night, which is probably like 600 capacity maybe, um, <coughs> all night long. But then it ended up getting cut short. So, the night before, they basically messaged and said, You're playing in the main room like 10 to 12. Um, which it's all right, don't get me wrong, but you know, like the first hour is a graveyard, isn't it? It's like, oh, yeah. Um, but it was nice because I had like my friends there and we just got a bit out of hand, to be fair. You know, you got your own like <laughs> locker room in the O2 Academy, like the, the backstage, it's crazy. But I mean, I never really played on like a four channel mix or anything. Like, there's like two vinyls set up, there was four CDJs. I never even used booth monitors, and now I'm in a room that holds like three thousand, two thousand people. And oh, the like the reverb, like you're so high up, and you can barely even see the crowd. And I was wasted. And it was just like one of them things where you, it went well, but I know when I look, I look back at videos now. Yeah, I would have approached it differently, definitely, and that's probably like the pinnacle of my whole journey is like that's what i mean like the four steps of my journey where a one was probably like get uh, probably had to jump off decks twice within like the first two years just because i was like just hammered or you know like having panic attacks i'm just going crazy like 
it's like the gunshots in your ears and it <laughs> um but then i think from then like the past few years have been pretty sort of swimmingly and i'm i try and behave a bit better well <laughs> i do anyway um <laughs> but yeah i mean it, it's tricky because when you're like with your friends and stuff and if you're playing later on you know it's hard to turn up at a club at 10 when you're playing at one and be like i mean what do you do for three hours <laughs> three hours you just sort of like sat there aren't you yeah I can recall that. I remember for, for, for my party, which was, um, I booked Casey Spillman, and I was only on 10 to 11. But as Casey was going on at two, and I had other DJs before it, I was still supposed to look after it, but it was my first event. And I remember one of the lads who warmed up at the pre-party went, oh, fuck it, it's all right then. Let yourself loose. And I don't think I remember past 12 o'clock. I cannot remember <laughs> 12 o'clock and apparently I ran the whole rest of the four hours of the event but I cannot remember a thing but yeah you get yeah. a bit too situations I mean there was one where we played a, a rooftop party in Sheffield and I, I can't remember much past like seven <laughs> I don't remember playing the set and I don't remember like what I'd done or anything and I ended up going out like into Sheffield on my own until like five in the morning phone died I jumped the barriers to get in the club and I was just on my own all night like, and with the promoter. And then like, I sort of come out of this club at like five in the morning and I didn't even live in Sheffield at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Not a clue what time it was. And I was literally just walking around the streets of Sheffield like waiting, like, uh, well, for whatever. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it just thinking like, I wouldn't do that. Like why? There's no need to do that, if you know what I mean. It's... So I have sort of like tried to approach differently because when you think of it, like I'm in it for the long run, like it's a long game. Yeah. You know, I'm only 23, like, so. Yeah. Always a bit more professional professionalism. Oh, that's it. Yeah, spot on. Yeah. So obviously you run, is it Hotwire? You run, fully run Hotwire, yeah. So what um, is that? That's quite a good story, really, because so in second year, um, me and my friend wanted to start a party. Um, and we had at the time, we was going to call the brand Looney Tunes or something like that. <laughs> and we was going to get like Animal Crossing-esque like branding, like before they sort of come around. Um, but then we sort of scrapped that off because sort for whatever reason anyway. Um, and you know, when you think of the names, it's very hard um, to have something that has longevity because it's sort of all right picking a name, but if you don't want to stick with it and build it, or if someone else has got a better following you and they've got the same name, it, it holds no value. So just for whatever reason, Hotwire came up one day, um, searched around and there's not really anything about it. So no like brands with that name. Um, so we started throwing parties in York. Um, so we did two parties in York, uh, mansion it was called um, which <coughs> sorry tidy little club but just weird like Monday nights in York not from York my flatmate is but um, I think we well we didn't actually count what we lost on the event but yeah it was pretty considerable <laughs> um, and then I actually played for Red Bull uh, that summer first sort of like hot wire in York um in like this tank that they've got um 
and then after that we sort of like realized we weren't making any money on the like event so we we moved it to sheffield so we got like this sick outdoor space in sheffield all perfect like sold so many tickets even though it was free the event was just popping and it was like a bit naive to be fair because now see knowing what i know you know venues and that and people will tell you they're like sorting a license or can apply for anything in life people will fob you off you know if they're in the power position yeah <laughs> um so we wanted to do it outside so obviously you're gonna need some sort of licensing in a residential space you know people living close by and we never got this license through so we had to do it inside of a pub with <laughs> a, a sports bar um we brought like a massive thousand watt boom box and like massive speakers massive monitors um yeah we sat in the corner of a pub in a sports bar sorry we're like shuffle boards down the side <laughs> and blokes just watching football on the other side because there's some hooligans playing like minimal techno in the corner of a pub <laughs> pissing it down outside honestly mate couldn't have gone any worse but you know like a few of our mates actually came up from like nottingham and stuff like that and you know when you look back you think like, i'd be horrified if i like sort of turned up and <laughs> they'd shove me like in the corner to play an hour and a half set um and there's just like sheffield blokes in corner like oh, pint and that like <laughs> but yeah so we did that and then I think I started my placement year, so I did, um, so I was doing a placement, which is like an entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. um, so basically start your own business, like from the bottom up, <coughs> and when I applied for it, it was sort of as hot while I was starting, so I built it up through the summer, and then my placement started in the August, so I did like a 12-hour live stream for like a charity um and by then we sort of had like one of the residents from york and then we met a mate called gilly who's a resident as well he's from sheffield and we did this live stream and then we did like a, a courtyard party for tram lines in sheffield mm -hmm. i don't know if you've heard of the festival um yeah. but it was like 11 in the morning till 11 at night we did yeah. Just completely free entry, but like, <coughs> sorry, COVID vaccines broke me off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we we had like probably 12 DJs over the day and it just got to the point where like me and the owner was like plastered with us and it was probably only like 10 or 15 of us in this like courtyard, but it was just literally knocking drinks back like, and it was just <laughs> sick. It was like being in your own sort of studio, you know, like you're outside yeah. in, in the sun in a courtyard. Um a massive sound system so you sort of like you can't complain um but i mean it's sort of been up and down for the past two years well yeah sorry because it's like we were supposed to host a room two for uh andrea olivia and left wing cody mm -hmm. um and i think you probably did in manchester but we had really bad floods in like 2019 did you yeah, I remember seeing a video of Darius Strauss in Coins playing Sheffield and like the water is like, it's crazy. Oh, I so, think I, re I remember them floods. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we were supposed to host that like, it's on the night, 
probably like seven o'clock, we're all in the flat, literally like proper up for it, get a phone call, or it might have even been the text saying, oh, the club's flooded, we're not opening. Oh, no. <laughs> And we probably sold like 20, 30 tickets just to like people we knew. Because we had a lineup of like probably like like eight DJs ready to play. <laughs> so we had that cancelled. And then most recently, event-wise, we were supposed to do Room 2 Hot since 82. Mm-hmm. Um, in last March, obviously, like COVID and shit like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so event-wise, we've done a few like intimate parties in like a place called Cafe Totem. Did mm-hmm. one on the last day of lockdown, as in like, last so 14th i think it was last year um yeah. and that popped off but then obviously like the country's just been shut so <laughs> um so oh, no. it's been a, a record label for a year basically uh a year next month uh end of this month so mm-hmm. um yeah we've got a big va plan for the end of april which is like 15 tracks mm-hmm. um so it's i mean it's pushing towards a label do you prefer doing the parties or is the label, have you found interest in the label now? What's... Um, I hate running parties. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. The opposite. Uh, it's stressful because in Sheffield, it's a very different market to like a lot of other cities. Um, there's a lot of people like, how do I explain? You know, if like you've seen like Patrick Toppin, say, at this club, yeah. £30 to get in. Or, say, like, Chris Dussy, before he blew up, you know, something like that, yeah. for, like, a grand. No, so they book him for, like, a grand or whatever when he was at that stage, and, say, like, £7 to get in. You know, Patrick Toppin would be sold out. There'd be, like, 100 people at Cape... You know, it's one of them. So it's hard to attract people to something a bit niche because at the start there was me and my other friends brand euphoria we mm-hmm. sort of did collab parties but they weren't really anyone well they weren't anyone pushing like minimal techno minimal house mm-hmm. and on a city where bass lines been made drum and bass is massive like jungles massive it's, it's hard, hard. <laughs> because i don't care what anyone says there will, there will always be like ingrained it's like if I go to university in Manchester now, I can guarantee probably the clubs you recommend now, you'd have been recommended them five years ago. Mm-hmm. And the bars you get recommended now is probably the same 10 years ago. Like for students, everything's so stuck in like the, of what last year did. And, you know, what's the ritual for, you know, what did this sports team do 10 years ago? Yeah. So it, it's hard to change perceptions. Um, but as a promoter, that's your job to do it. Um, but, I mean, it's hard because, you know, you know when you're losing money and you're not really getting people through the door, it's very demoralising. But at the same time, I think sometimes you can go past the stage of, I mean, you could bankrupt yourself really doing it, you know. <laughs> Some people get it right the second time. Some people get it right the tenth time. It's we didn't really get it right till later on. Where luckily I carried on doing it. So I mean, I love doing the label because you meet so many people. Like probably met someone like 
like we get sent music where I mean one guy was like oh, I live in the mountains of like Peru or like Colombia or something and he's like sampling stuff like and you hear all the different influences from different countries like a guy's just sent some tracks from like Argentina and it's very like upbeat and like in your face music whereas some other countries in like South America it's very like elegant and you know a bit more stripped back and it there is like a defining sound like obviously the Dutch they're most known for theirs but you know the Spanish are the same like the tech house they make so it yeah it probably connecting people is great um be nice to go and play abroad <laughs> yeah it would be it would be. i know so when it when it comes to booking in sheffield who are some of the artists you feel like would do well from the minimal scene or is it still is it still early doors you reckon um it's made a move that way recent well past year or so there has been well you know like two years but a year and a half let's say yeah um because you know James Saunders? Yeah. So he lives here. Um, and there's a guy called T Bunce, Tom Bunce. Um, he's just moved to Sheffield. He signed for like Swerve Digital. Mm-hmm. So there's more people like in the city, like connected with Minimal House. So like East End Dubs, you know, people like that, it would, right, without yeah. a doubt, you know, it would go crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like you look at East End Dubs and there's such a hype around him just for the fact that, you know, like every track, every other track used to be like East End dubs, like ID and all this stuff. And no one, there was like a mystery behind him. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, it's not just a hype because he is an unbelievable like DJ. Oh, so, yeah. Um, so I think people like East End dubs, you know, like Rossi, um, probably yeah. the people that are more like dance floor orientated. So, I mean, Casey Spillman would be great, and we tried to book him probably last 2019, November. Um, but there's some complications <laughs> uh, yeah. with the venue, so... doesn't always go plain sailing, does it? No, that's, it, that's what I mean. There's some stuff I should not say, you know what I mean? I'll tell you later, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but, Never. Never. yeah. So obviously, post lockdown, what's the plan for the brand? Have you got anything? Are you planning at the moment on? Um, well, you don't have to go into details. But <laughs> I... uh, so we've got a few planned in that we want to do. Um, so we want to book a few headline artists throughout the summer. Um, we want to do. There's a venue called Sydney and Matilda, which is like a basement, like 150 capacity. Um, so we want like a few like intimate parties like that. Um, and we, we did a summer series where we did like four courtyard parties and like rooftop party. So probably go down that route again and try and just get a few summer parties because, you know, there's no real cost. Um, and it's just the end of the day. It's a bunch of mates just like sending it all day. Um, yeah, definitely. it's nice just to do them sort of things and, you know, people don't have to pay to come in. There's no sort of like, if you want to come and it's good, like, fair enough. Um, yeah. It's like, it's one of them. Uh, we've always done a lot of free entry parties. Um, you know, they've got the good and bad about it, but <laughs> the bottom line is you can't do, you know, them sort of parties all the time because 
it's like we did one one event on the summer thing i'm pretty sure like we doubled the bar spend of like the date last week or whatever you know like the same day like the week before and we yeah. took no like percentage or anything yeah so we could have effectively made them like four or five gram that day yeah and all we have yeah so i mean that's what i go back to all, all the time is you know people are myself are naive you know when you first start out in anything Mm-hmm. you know and you've sometimes got to be a bit of an arsehole with venues and like artists and people because end of the day it's a ruthless business like you know yeah. a lot of the people you talk to they're not here to play games you know the they'll take every penny they can out of you within reason so exactly. you, you sort of got to apply that to yourself and it's the same with production or you know anything you've just got to sort of see what the people at the top are doing and not copy it but you know you can emulate stuff and put your own spin on it yeah exactly success leaves breadcrumbs that's what i know that's it it. it's true what you're saying i always say if you offered 10 grand to a booker a booker would never go to you oh no he's cheaper than that he'll take the 10 grand straight away yeah yeah. exactly you see that now like you offer him a price and you say no that's way too like below the price but like if you know a price tell me your price and then we'll work it out like yeah. but i understand that's their job yeah so, they mind games on you don't they you know i'm trying to get a low price they're trying to get a high price so yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So no it's about, one of them so you talked about you've been to glass glass door and you've been berlin me glastonbury oh. like better uh, Glastonbury would be the best thing I've ever been to and probably the best thing I ever will. Um, Go on, tell me about it. Get me, get oh, me where do you start? So, like, the Wednesday, we drove down and I had, like, a one-litre Chevrolet. And, <laughs> mate, I was pinning it. You know, music <laughs> banging. And we got down to Glass. Everyone was like, ah, oh, it'll take you hours to get down there. Five hours. I'm just in the outside lane taking everything, like... <laughs> <laughs> got down there must have been like 30 degrees sun shining not caring the world but even better we're staying with my cousin they've got a camper van and a tent set up so we're not like yeah yeah and our tent is huge and the forecast for the week is no less than 30 32 degrees Fuck me. um so we got in there and I mean, my memory's so bad with it because obviously, like, it's such a long week. But it's like you go and we went and seen Jamie Jones back to back Carl Cox, mm. and we look at the photo and we're underneath Jamie Jones in the spider, and it's spinning around. But they took a drone picture, and there's like sixty thousand people in this field, and we're right at the front underneath <laughs> Jamie. Like, if I wanted to, like you know, chuck a bottle at him. I could have chucked, <laughs> like, it was that close. And, ah, oh, like, we went to see Roscoe Animal Crossing at, like, yeah. six in the morning at Glastonbury. Sun's coming up, crazy. Um, but you're just seeing stuff like, I can't explain it. It's a weird feeling. I mean, yeah. people say it's spiritual. 
Yeah, that's, but, that's exactly the word I was going to say. People say it's that. We seen, like, we kept going to this place called the Beats Hotel, which was, it was a mimic of, like, the Sunwaves tent almost. Like, looked the same. Mm-hmm. But it was a hotel, like, set up. And the DJs, there was rooms in the hotel, and the DJ play. And there'd be, like, CC Disco and, like, Midland just come on, like, in the middle of the day and just play. And it was just, we'd just sit there in a few hours in the morning and then just go off till, like, I don't know, like, five, six. And it just doesn't stop. It's just, you wake up at... We went to, like, a UK garage, like, takeover. It must have been, like, 12 o'clock. And it's, it's like, 32 degrees. Just got a massive bag of cans because you can take your own drink anywhere. You you don't just go anywhere. And we were literally just sending it all day in the sun, and then you go, like, just somewhere crazy. And it's, the lineups are ridiculous. Like, you can't even fathom. I mean, we went through the main field. And Liam Gallagher was on. And to get through the field, it took like 35 minutes because it was like 100, probably like 130,000 people in the field. <laughs> and it, you can't sort of like rationalise you what you're part you can't of. Until you're there. And you just stood there like with people. And there was not one fight. Like, and I mean, I've been to Creamfield and seen like tear-ups and shit like that. But... I don't know, you just see some stuff and you'd see someone doing something crazy, like, and you just wouldn't look twice. <laughs> but normally, everyone, like, would judge, like, you know, if he's, I don't know, just doing something, like, yeah, in a normal world. The part life and did a front flip, everyone would be like, oh, who's that gimp? But... Yeah, but then you sort of, like, it, this conception of, you know, like, narcissism, it just goes, yeah. like, you go through that thing and the vibes are unreal. But, I mean, yeah, like, that probably helped. It was, like, 35 degrees every day. And (laughs) the food was just unreal. But then Berlin, it's a bit of a different twist, really, because I went in the winter with my mum and stepdad. Um, (laughs) So different than different than that. (laughs) Wow. I went out the first night. I can't remember where. I tried to get in Bergen one night anyway. Um, And how did that go for you? That was the last night, so I was flying home on the Monday, and that was a su- Sunday. Um, so I went in, queuing up for like an hour and a half, said no to me, literally went back like, well, they just put their hand out, just going, no, 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 not today. And they let like probably 10 people in that I've seen in front of me within like the hour and a half. Um, then I went back again, and he basically just laughed, so I'm assuming he probably remembered. I don't know. He just laughed and said, not today. <laughs> um, so I never got into Bergen, but... Yeah, when... I went, when, 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 yeah. when, when I, I laughed off too, they just laughed me off. I bet they were thinking, what's this kid doing? The worst thing is, I was literally like, if you see me, I would not have looked out of place. Like, mm-hmm. And I even learned like German to, in the hope that he'd ask me a question. <laughs> literally just like these henchmen not even the main guy just like not today um but i mean like went to watergate which people now say is like a commercial club but when i was there you heard of sash in australia yeah there was a few djs from there playing at like watergate 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was on my own in Berlin. Like, it's a massive place. Like, big, mm-hmm. dark, scary place. But sort of like charging around Berlin on my own. Like, <laughs> not coming back in at like six in the morning. Then went to like a like a death camp or something in like five hours. You know, from the war, and I'm just <laughs> sort of sat there like weird. But I met like a few people out there. Um, but then me and my mate went back last summer, and that's what I mean. Like, you go somewhere, and Berlin in the summer and Berlin in the winter is two different countries. Like, not yeah, weird. It's so hot. Like, it was 25 degrees, and we went to a few like outdoor parties where you had to wear a mask, but I mean, dance floor was packed, like mm-hmm. shoulder to shoulder with all these Germans. And, but like, it felt normal, if you know what I mean. Everyone had a mask on, but it was nice to get a bit of something different. And then we went to this like wasteland rave in Berlin somewhere. And it was just unbelievable. And it's all like techno and stuff like that. It's not, specifically what I, I mean I love techno don't get me wrong um but it's just like the feeling like you yeah. feel music more when you're in them environments because it's like we met people from like like Austria Bulgaria and everyone was there like just like literally sending it and it was it's not something you really get in this I've not experienced it in this country really like yeah it's don't get me wrong fun. yeah Definitely hard to find a connection like there is in Berlin anywhere else. Yeah, because, like, you see, like, in Italy, the crowds and stuff is so much energy. And, mm-hmm. like, we have energy in the crowds in England, but it it's like, even in South America, everywhere you look, there's a different energy about where you are. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think Berlin, I'd love to live there. Like, <laughs> so bad. Yeah, I want to move there when I can or if I can. Um well, but yes, yeah, one see, of them. When I, when I went, I was I was predominantly just just techno. Techno's my only thing. What I like, and then I went. We did two, went to two techno, and then on the Sunday we was like, "What do we do on a Sunday?" So we put in, um, I think, like identification of music group or something. What parties? And then someone said, uh, "I am Ludwig." Some minimal DJs on it. Is it Hopper Tops or whatever? Hopper Tops, yeah, one. like CDV. Yeah. So we, <coughs> we went. We just went. All right, we're here. So we got to the the bouncer. I was twenty. I was twenty-one, and my girlfriend was nineteen. And she was like, "You've got to be twenty-one." We was like, "Oh, sorry, we didn't realise." So as soon as we turned away, we went. Actually, I don't give a shit. Just come in. So we let, <laughs> we let us in, and we got. I got in. I was like. Everyone just sat down, people were smoking weed, and I was like, this is weird. Yeah. <laughs> it, wasn't like, it was a really weird atmosphere, and it's really down-tempo. And this was like the upstairs, and then these are downstairs to the club too. And then I was, we sat there for about an hour, and I just thought, oh, this must be like a like a bar or something, because there's not yeah. like music. Um, and then I just heard, I, my foot was on the floor, and I heard this like... <laughs> <laughs> Have we not found something here? It's like a hidden room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Half an hour. You know what Berlin club Berlin clubs are like? They're like mazes. Like you can't you yeah. for ages. We finally got down, and that's that's the first time I went to a minimal rave, and I've I've not looked back since. 
yeah, I can imagine on there it's blasting. I keep kept making a conscious effort trying to get there, but it, the pe- things people say about like CDV and like hop toss yeah. is unbelievable. I wish I went to CDV, but it, it was just absolutely crazy. All of the acts were doing a live set too. Um, yeah. I just remember walked out of there and I went, I want to know what this type of music is. Yeah. Incredible. Loved it. That was similar to me when I went somewhere. It's like it was when sort of like the minimal tech was coming out, and mm-hmm. you know when you used to tech house and stuff like that, and then you're hearing like like Casey Spillman's early stuff. Um, yeah, it was mind blowing, like the energy to it, because it's so much like different production goes into it, even though it's very similar music. Like, yeah, yeah, like just that was the main change in my music. Where me and my friend was at an after party. Um, when we went to see East End Dobbs and it was just like, you sort of, just blows your mind. Some of the music you're hearing, like the DJs, we we left the Pirate series at like one o'clock the next day and I don't think I'd barely even touched the decks because like, you know when people are so good at DJing, you just mesmerise, like, yeah. and you're a bit insecure, aren't you? you like, you don't want to come on and just sort of like, <laughs> it all up. yeah, put everyone on a downer, so. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what's some of the ask? Or events you you're planning on going seeing after? Oh, so like for you, not the brand, just like you're gonna go. Yeah. Um. So we've got um, Mint Warehouse on the day it reopens. You know, like the twenty first. I, I was gonna head up, but I've got work. Yeah, on <laughs> Monday. Sticks <laughs> into it. Yeah, yeah. Um. So we're going to that, and then. I've got Animal Crossing tickets, you know, from the car showcase. Oh, well, you see me there, yeah. Yeah. Um, that was a nice one because we sort of forgot we had tickets and then got, like, the thing saying, oh, all the ticket holders will be, like, honoured. So that was nice. Um, hide and seek as yeah. well. We're really looking forward to that. And just got tickets for Terminal, Birmingham. Nice. Um, so I... Off the top of my head, there's Sweely playing live and Lauren Law sung in it. Correct. And I'll shout, yeah. So, um, but I mean, ideally, I want to see like Rarash soon. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if you've ever seen him, but he's, yeah. Um, but like a lot of probably smaller artists, to be fair, because it, like it's great going to these like big events, you know, like these massive DJs, but. There's a lot of like amazing smaller producers sort of like coming through at the minute, and it, you know, it sort of, especially when you go to places like Berlin, they're not really they're established within Berlin, but you wouldn't know the name. So like, I'm not going to have a prejudice and say like I don't like the names on this lineup, so I'm not going to go in the UK. So I think people I want to see ideally is um, Indivisions. Um, yeah. They run Slap Funk. Uh, so we went out to Amsterdam to see them and it, we went for their like fifth party, fifth birthday party. And it was just, that was another thing where like you hear the music and it's mind blowing. I want to know all about that. Tell me about that. Cause that just makes um, me It was at Shelter in Amsterdam. So That's funny thing is. That, is that the the roof? The one at Tor? Yeah. Adam yeah. Tor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the night before, well, the first night we got to Amsterdam, went out drinking in Amsterdam, 
me and two mates um, and got obliterated. I'm talking like, met these Dutch. They took us into a Dutch-only bar. We had to get searched for all these like scanners to get in. Literally, everyone was Dutch in there. It was rammed. And it was like <laughs> charts music. And I'd given myself alcohol poisoning. <laughs> so we was in this really, really nice place in Sloterdijk, which is like next to, you know, Brett? Yeah. Um, so I was being sick all day, like, and you know when you like alcohol poison sick, where it's like you have a drink of water and you straight away like, yeah. and I, like I was r- really really rough, and we ended up going to well I got myself out of bed, and when oh what's it called a shawl, um, and that was another one was queuing up and like we felt so out of place and you hear these stories but. It was just in like so in Dishul, it's a school, elementary school, right? And the what used to be like the bike lockup, like a small underground garage, is now like the club. And so I went there and like left at probably like eight nine in the morning, and it's still going on. Like Avalon Emerson and Job Josie, like back to back, just dropping criminal tunes. And then it got to the last day, and we went to shelter to see Slapfunk. So I think we hired a studio in Dam and sort of like got on the decks and that. But I mean, you don't really know what you expect when you come to these clubs because we'd just been in like some bunker with like art experiences of like weird shit. And then you go into shelter, and it's like, so you've got to get a ferry over. Right. And then, so I, I get in this club and there's like trees and shit in it. Like palm trees, DJ booth, and then like there, front right, is like a fucking massive tree. <laughs> so all straight away, it's weird. Like, and there's just trees everywhere. But the lighting in the club, it will sort of be dark and ambient for a bit. And then there'll be like red lights coming on, like, but not good if you know what I mean like it's very sort of like kills the vibe yeah but we went yeah. in like Indie Visions opened up probably for like three hours and it's like again the music the mixing like you can't put a stamp on it like it's that good um and then I think Francesco Delgado came on I think we left at like four or five in the morning but probably like half three and there's people entering the club at four in the morning but inside like the music like you could not you can't explain how good they are like we've seen them supporting east end dubs and like just off the scale they was almost as good as east end dubs never even heard of these guys um which it's unbelievable but like amsterdam as a whole it's like we went to brett before me and i knew about it and I'd seen the videos, but we went just on like a normal night, and it even still like the atmosphere was <laughs> it was rocking. Like, um, so I think Amsterdam's like holds quite a close place in my heart as well. Um, I remember I saw them, uh, I saw them in Cable Club in Manchester. It was only like a 200 capacity club, yeah, it was packed, and it they were mint. Was they that were, for Tranquil? Yeah, that was Tranquil, yeah, yeah. 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 Such, such yeah. Like when you when you say a selector, like that's what yeah. I epitomise as. Yeah. 
yeah, definitely. Um, just unbelievable. So, long story short, out of that, Indivisions, I'd like to see Raresh. Yeah. Because um, Raresh is probably like one of my favourite acts. And <sighs> tricky one, really. Like I said, a lot of the smaller DJs, but probably just go for Sweely because I've wanted to see him for a while. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's one I, of them. I, I saw Sweely. I saw Sweely um, about two years ago. It was he, somehow he got books for like a student night in Manchester. <laughs> like there's not many student parties. Well, there's not really many raves for the week in Manchester. You might find a few on a Wednesday, or Thursday, but. All the big parties and big DJs are on at the weekend, and then he's randomly come up on a Thursday. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not missing this. We, yeah. we got tickets, sold out in about two days, and he was mint. He yeah. was sick. Yeah, he's, he's a fucking unreal DJ. Well, he's not even a DJ, is he? Because yeah, he's like, live or whatever. But whatever. yeah, it's crazy stuff like that. You know, you think like. Uh, he shouldn't have been there, but, you know, you saw it. Because I've got a funny story. Well, not really. Basically, a few years ago, I was playing this track by Sweely, and it was mm-hmm. unbelievable, like, mind-blowing. And then I brought this final the other day, and, like, it's his track, but it's only just come out. But so it just it just goes to show, you know, like... So it would have been, like, two and a half years ago, I downloaded this, like, vinyl. Well, it must have been leaked or something. Yeah. Um... So two and a half years ago, I'm not. I don't think he was that well known. But you know, like we do listen to music, like music that you're getting now, like listening to now. You know, some, yeah. So like, you might release an EP from someone, but in ten years, they might be like, like you said, the next big thing. So it shows with like Sweely, especially, it's like exactly. revolutionary. Definitely. Anyway, so we're coming to the end now, um, but definitely, um, thank you for coming on, and I'll uh, I'll definitely see you at Animal Crossing. Yeah, I'll be up for your party as well. Only a few months. <laughs> I keep yeah, counting. Definitely. Yeah. Well, anyway, thanks for coming on, mate. Really enjoyed it. Look after see yourself, you mate. See you later. Bye.